Welcome to Healing Hearts, empowering critical care providers. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended as a training tool for Children's Hospital and Medical Center personnel. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Complete information regarding the podcast, including its limitations on usage, is available under the episode description. I'm Dr. Laura Ortman, and I'm a pediatric cardiac intensivist at Children's Hospital and Medical Center in Omaha, Nebraska. In this episode, we're going to be talking about interrupted aortic arch and the Yasui procedure. I'll talk about what interrupted arch is, what our patients look like, and how we repair it when sewing the two ends of the aorta together just isn't going to work. Interrupted aortic arch is a rare condition where the aortic arch is literally interrupted. There are three main types, labeled A, B, and C. Type B is the most common, representing 70% of cases. In type B, the aorta originates normally from the left ventricle. The arch then divides into the innominate artery, which becomes the right subclavian and right carotid arteries, and the left carotid. Then it ends, and there is no connection between the aortic arch and the descending aorta. The descending aorta, along with the left subclavian artery, is supplied by a patent ductus arteriosus, a PDA. Type B interrupted arch is almost universally associated with a ventricular septal defect, a VSD. In type A, the interruption is beyond the left subclavian artery, and in reality probably represents a severe coarctation. In type C, the interruption is closer to the heart, between the innominate artery and the left subclavian artery. Interrupted aortic arch can be associated with other major heart defects, including truncus arteriosus and transposition of the great arteries. It is also strongly associated with 22Q deletion, also known as DeGeorge syndrome. Interrupted aortic arch can be challenging to diagnose prenatally, as there are still four heart chambers and two great vessels leaving the heart. But there can be differences in ventricular and ascending aorta size that can tip off the sonographer, and often there are other abnormalities. If the baby is not diagnosed before birth, pulse oximetry screening will be positive with a low toe pulse ox reading as the lower body is being perfused by the PDA, supplying deoxygenated blood. Keeping the PDA open is vital, so all babies with this diagnosis need to be started on prostaglandin. Without treatment, interrupted aortic arch is fatal. The PDA will close in the first few weeks of life, depriving all the vital organs below the interruption of blood and oxygen. Infants will present with shock. If prostaglandin is started quickly, there's still a chance that the PDA will reopen, re-establishing perfusion. If infants are diagnosed early and started on prostaglandins, pulmonary overcirculation will develop as pulmonary vascular resistance drops, leading to dyspnea and signs of heart failure. So repair is generally undertaken in the first few weeks of life. In the best case scenario, the aortic valve and the descending aorta are close to normal size, so the arch can be surgically connected to the descending aorta, the PDA ligated, and any VSDs closed. We would call this a complete two-ventricle repair. But I want to talk about scenarios that aren't the best. Blood vessels and valves need flow through them to grow and develop properly. An interrupted aortic arch, flow is only going through the aortic valve and ascending aorta to part of the body, the head and the right upper extremity, so there is less blood flow going through these structures. This decreased flow through the valve can cause the valve annulus not to grow, and be significantly hypoplastic. If a standard complete two-ventricle repair is done, which will increase flow through the valve, aortic stenosis will result, which can lead to left ventricular failure. The Yasui operation was first reported in 1987 in Japan as a technique to deal with a small LV outflow tract. 
This operation is one option to deal with a hypoplastic aortic valve in ascending aorta and still leave the patient with a two-ventricle repair. The Yasui requires a VSD and an adequate-sized left ventricle. The LV is often a bit small in an interrupted aortic arch for the same reason the aortic valve is small. Thankfully, the VSD that is usually present allows blood to flow between the right and left ventricles, increasing the LV's growth. Even if the LV is smaller than average, it is often big enough to pump full systemic output after repair. The Yasui combines two operations, a Norwood and a Rastelli-type VSD closure. I've talked about the Norwood before as the first stage of single ventricle reconstruction for hypoplastic left heart syndrome. In the Norwood, the main pulmonary artery and the ascending aorta are sewn together, creating a single outflow from the heart. The aortic arch is then reconstructed and the descending aorta attached to the arch. If this patient was going down the single ventricle pathway, the surgeon would then provide a source of pulmonary blood flow with a shunt and the operation would be over, which could happen in an interrupted aortic arch if the LV is not large enough to provide systemic output. But if we want a two-ventricle repair, a Rastelli is done in addition to the Norwood. A Rastelli is a type of VSD closure. The VSD is patched closed in a way that the blood from the left ventricle is directed to the pulmonary valve instead of the aortic valve. Now with our Norwood reconstruction done, all the blood from the LV is exiting the heart through either the aortic or pulmonary valve, entering the reconstructed aorta and going to the body. The patient now has a two ventricle repair. This is a big operation for a small baby, and we know that the smaller and younger the infant is at the time of surgery, the higher the likelihood of postoperative complications. So some of these newborns may be palliated with a hybrid procedure prior to undergoing the Yasui. In the hybrid, the PDA is kept open with a stent, allowing for stable blood flow to the lower body, and pulmonary artery bands are placed to prevent too much blood flow from going to the lungs. The baby can then come back for the Yasui when they are older. Now let's talk about potential postoperative complications. Low cardiac output syndrome is always a concern with young babies and long cardiopulmonary bypass runs. After the Yasui, there's another issue that may complicate the postoperative hemodynamic management. As stated previously, the LV is often on the small side. The small LV will require a higher filling pressure to generate cardiac output. This means that the patient may require a higher central venous pressure and fluid bolus is the first postoperative night. But because the LV will be less compliant, meaning it will be stiffer, we need to be careful not to push fluid too quickly. Rapid fluid boluses can quickly raise the left atrial pressure, which then backs up blood into the lungs, resulting in pulmonary edema so give fluid boluses slowly. The Yasui is a less common surgery. We probably only do one or two a year at my institution, so there isn't a lot of data on other postoperative complications, but we can guess that there will be an increased risk of junctional arrhythmias and heart block given the VSD closure. Pulmonary hypertension is also a potential risk due to the smaller left-sided structures. However, since the pulmonary hypertension is due to increased left-sided pressures, we would not want to give excess oxygen to prevent crisis. Increased oxygen use can theoretically lead to more blood flow through the lungs and back to the small left side, and thus higher left atrial pressures and more pulmonary edema. So get the right amount of oxygen to meet your saturation goals. Yasui's are uncommon, but we work in the CICU to take care of complicated cases like this. In the next episode, we'll talk about another uncommon but interesting condition, tetralogy of flow with absent pulmonary valve. In the meantime, check out Dr. Ortman's CICU on YouTube for more CICU educational content. For more information about Children's Hospital and Medical Center, visit childrensomaha.org. 
Thanks for listening to Healing Hearts, empowering critical care providers.